Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Business of Design. I'm so glad you're here. This is episode 134, and I am still Kimberly Silden, and I am still an interior designer, and I still have clients and budgets and all kinds of crazy challenges on my job sites. Even though today I run my jobs efficiently and effectively, I follow Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy About 99% of the time, occasionally 1% of the time, I do something wonky and decide to go rogue, and it's always a mistake. And even though I've been doing this for a while and I feel like I'm pretty successful at it, I'm still learning new things. And imagine my surprise when Business of Design member Monica Ashbrook from Tucson, Arizona, suggested I pick up a book called Confessions of an Organized Homemaker. The conversation started, I'm sure, when I mentioned that I am a fiend for organization. Once I realized that I needed to organize my business, I looked around my whole life and I thought, wow, if I apply these same principles that I've applied to my business, which have been so incredibly helpful and beneficial, if I apply those same principles to my life, imagine what could happen, what changes it would bring, and how that would free up more time for myself. So Monica shared the name of this book, and the author, by the way, is Denise Schofield. The book is from 1994, and most of us aren't thinking of ourselves these days as a homemaker, but I was intrigued because of Monica's suggestion, so I decided that I would get the book and I would read it, and boy, what fun I had, and I'm going to base today's conversation around Denise Schofield's book, Confessions of an Organized Homemaker. And speaking of confessions, I am going to cop to not having completed a task I meant to do for the past four or five years. I have been asked repeatedly by Business of Design members if I would share how I organize the back end of my office, the specific path I use for all the files and folders and documentations on each and every project. I have been reluctant to share it because, of course, I want it to be perfect. And I realized this year that it has been working so smoothly and efficiently and effectively for me and everybody else at the office that it's probably time to let it go off into the world. So for those of you who are signing up for Business of Design Conference, January 25th and 26th in Las Vegas, and by the way, I hope if you're listening, that means you're signing up for the conference. For those of you at the conference, you will be getting a first-hand look at the specific way I organized the entire back end of my office. It really is a pathway from project beginning to project end. I will share with you the exact methods I use. And when you leave the conference, you will have everything you need to set your office up in a really streamlined and efficient way. Thank you to everyone who has asked gently and not quite so gently for me to finally share that. It's time. I'm ready. 
And it is an occasion as well for me to look back and realize how far I've come. And that's one of the things you're going to hear on this podcast. Denise says, it's really important when we compare ourselves, not to compare ourselves to people out there who seem like they have it going on perfectly, but rather to look back. How did we do last month? How did we do last year? And I have to say, I can sit back in my office now and I can feel some great deep satisfaction that projects run smoothly day in, day out. And it allows me to do what I'm going to do in a few weeks here, totally unplug as I get to explore Colombia and Ecuador. Every minute I've spent organizing my office, organizing the back end, organizing how I run projects has paid dividends in my life. It's liberated me from the tyranny of working weekends and evenings and holidays. And I can't recommend carving out the time you need in your calendar to begin to make those changes. I promise you, you will be able to make them so much faster than I did because I will tell you exactly how I did it. And you can copy please consider joining Business of Design. We need your membership. We need your support to continue the great work we do. And I want to say thank you to so many of you who have been supporters and friends and peers and sage counselors all these years. I'm really grateful you're all there. Let's check in with Cheryl and then on to confessions from an organized designer. That's me. Episode 134, Cheryl, here we are. Could you have imagined this a couple of years ago? I know, I know. It's gone by really fast. I feel like we just launched. Right? I know. It's still exciting. We're still learning new things. And speaking of new things, Cheryl. We have a webinar coming up this week. Uh, We're doing it a little bit early because we are on the road the rest of the month. Uh, So this Wednesday, October 16th, 1 o'clock, uh, EST. We're doing our premium members group coaching call. Uh, registration's open online. You can submit your questions in advance. And then after the webinar, we are headed to High Point Market. So everyone knows that we're celebrating our birthday there and the party is sold out. We're going to have a very full house for that. But earlier in the day, you are speaking on stage at 10 o'clock, Saturday, October 19th. Have the professional life you've always wanted. Let's close the gap between the business and career you envisioned for yourself and the one you actually have. So definitely come to the theater, 10 a.m. It'll be one hour. I promise I'm going to give you some actionable tips you can take away and implement immediately into your business. And by the way, so many of our premium business of design members met me for the very first time at High Point Theater in a talk exactly like this one, and we've become lifelong friends. So we hope you'll turn out. We're looking forward to meeting you and working with you at 10 a.m. at the theater at High Point. And then, of course, we've got the conference coming up January 25th and 26th. It is filling up nicely, so if you're thinking about coming, please get registered. Tickets are $13.95. That includes two full, very intensive days of learning, breakfast, lunch, and a Sunday night cocktail party uh, that we've partnered with Build Lane uh, to host for you. So we're pretty excited, and the content for uh, the conference is also coming together. It is coming together, and I'm excited because I have been working really hard 
training with different business coaches to improve my business and take my personal interior design business to the next level. So the conference is going to be about new procedures that I've implemented into my business to fine tune it to create greater profits and clients who can't live without me. Those are the clients I love. Aren't those the clients you love? Looking forward to connecting with each and every one of you. We will do some group coaching at the conference. We will do some deep dive. You can expect to get vulnerable with each other, to be honest with each other about where things are really at. And then you can expect to be motivated to transform your business in 2020. This is going to be your best year ever. The investment is minuscule, $1,395. I guarantee this will transform your business and your life. You need to show up and do the hard work. And I guarantee you, Team BOD will be there to support you and help you reach that next level. Register today at businessofdesign.com. All the details are there. If you have any questions, please reach out to me, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions you have, Uh, but space is limited. So get your tickets now. Thanks, Cheryl. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. What's your excuse? Denise begins the book with an introduction, and she gets out of the way right off the bat the fact that we all have excuses for why we don't make something better. In my business, I had a lot of excuses for why I couldn't deliver projects on time and on budget. That was impossible, I told my business coach. You don't understand. Clients never tell us the truth about budgets. The trades never give us an honest approximation of how long it's going to take to do something. The suppliers lie to us. They tell us something is in stock, but they fail to tell us that it's in stock in Turkey and it's going to take nine weeks on a slow boat to get to North America. So despite the fact that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to give my clients verifiable information about on time and on budget, I just can't do it. And Denise really gets that. And she begins the book by talking to us about why we're not as organized as we'd like to be. And she just calls out the excuses right in the introduction. I've got too many kids. I have all these preschoolers. I have teenagers. The kids unorganize as fast as I can organize. My spouse is a slob. I don't have a spouse. I have a job outside the home. I don't have enough time. There's not enough storage space in my house. I'm always tired. I don't have any energy. And while these might be valid reasons for slowing down the process, Denise says they're not valid reasons to stop. And I love this right in the introduction. There is a you in every excuse. 
Man, oh man, that is the truth. And that is what I have come to fully believe. Anytime I tell myself I can't do something, it's almost always the fact that I will not open my mind, I will not open my heart to a new approach. Today, I know my own experience with organizing my business because at the basis of restructuring my business. I just reorganized it. That's all it was. I stopped doing things the way everybody else did them. And I started doing things in new and different ways. When I began this journey in 2000, not every new strategy I tried was a success. Some of them were dismal failures. But the advantage that I had over so many of you I recognize is I had a ton of clients. I had 13, 14 designers working for me. We worked in teams. And so we literally were able to assign different strategies to try to different teams. So within a year, I could try 25 different strategies. If you're working on your own and you're servicing five, six, seven clients a year, that's a really tough thing to do, which is why you should immediately become members of Business of Design and you can just use my strategies. They are field tested. As I began this journey organizing my business or restructuring my business, that little tiny changes began to pay big rewards. And ultimately, the biggest reward is it freed up me to be the boss, to enjoy some of the perks of owning my own business, to have time to strategize and set goals and move my business in directions I wanted it to go. I specifically remember the year I decided I was going to do international projects Our office was in Toronto, so many of my clients had homes in Florida and New York, and I said, this is crazy, why aren't we doing those homes? And we began to create marketing plans and conversations and putting things in my contract that let clients know we were able to do those projects. And in less than a year, we had our first couple of jobs in Florida. Now, Denise's focus throughout the book is a house that's clean. She spends time explaining that that doesn't mean a house that's always clean or perfectly clean, that in fact, that's quite impossible. Even an empty home gets dirty because dust will settle. She shares some basic organizing principles with people so you can divide yourself into different camps. Do you want to tackle this all at once, really go whole hog into organizing your home? And that's, by the way, what I did for my business. I decided to really clear the decks and completely restructure and devote 20 hours a week for a decade to restructuring my business. That's the truth. I log that time. It's 20 hours a week. That's a lot of effort. If that's the camp you're in and you're willing to put in that time, you can do it all at once. Or Denise shares other strategies, tackling it piece by piece, even down to the smallest possible increments. And any single one of those will lead to success over time. We do have to remember as we begin a journey to clean up our businesses, to reorganize our businesses, that it's all too easy to compare what's happening in our lives with what's happening on Instagram. So be very aware of that tendency to compare and despair. The only thing you want to compare is where you were yesterday or last week or last month. And that goes back to a discipline we talk about all the time. 
analyzing and evaluating and taking inventory. So often I meet interior design professionals who say, I can barely breathe right now. How would I possibly take time to implement the strategies and procedures you teach? I just can't do it right now. And so I'll do it at Christmas time. I'll do it when I finish this next big project, and on and on the excuses go. A baby step today is all you need to take if that's all the time and energy you have. You develop that muscle, and you take bigger steps when you can. And the benefit, the reward of all of this, by the way, is one day you look up and you realize, and this is what happened to me, my business is running like a mature professional business. And how do I know that for sure? I'm able to take time off. I'm able to leave the country for two weeks and not look at my phone and projects will continue without me. That's really the main measuring stick I use to tell me if my business is effective or not. Back to this fun little book, Confessions of an Organized Homemaker. In chapter two, Denise talks about basic organizing principles. And she says that the ultimate purpose of organizing your home and organizing your life and organizing your business, I added that last one, is to give you time to do more important things. And as you begin to notice the benefits of doing this type of work, you'll begin to feel a sense of self-confidence and control over your environment. And ultimately, you will see chaos give way to order. In my experience, the jobs that are finished effectively and efficiently are satisfying and rewarding, but work that's done in a haphazard manner is frustrating, and it only leads me to discouragement. I'm not going to give away the entire book. That wouldn't be fair, but one of the principles Denise discusses is think before you act. When my business coach met me, I was convinced that I was thinking before I was acting, but I had so many rules, so many paradigms, so many it has to be this ways that she was not able to convince me to try things a new and different way. And if you guys are anything like me, it was breaking through that initial armor that took the most effort. Once there was a chink in my armor and once I could see the rationale for making the changes and working on my business, I began to want to do it. And then it got easier and easier. And I was absolutely determined to leave no stone unturned. Everything is open to examination. When I think of Denise's principle, think before you act, to me, I immediately go back to early days of taking inventory of how things were working in my business. I continue to this day, by the way, to take inventory of how things are working. I also ask clients for feedback. In fact, I have a client that I really love and I've asked her to come on the podcast and she says she will. And I am going to put myself on the spot and let her grade my performance on a job we finished for her. It was a challenging job in so many respects. They were lovely, lovely people. The challenges had nothing to do with them. They had everything to do with just bad luck with suppliers and trades and weird things happening. And uh, I'm curious to know my client's perspective on how I handled all of that. So that's coming up on an episode soon. To illustrate the think before you act principle, 
Denise shares an episode from Daily Life, and it has to do with baking. She loves to bake. In fact, that comes up a couple of times throughout the book. She loves to bake, and she realizes that if she would take two minutes and fill the sink with hot, sudsy water before she starts baking, she would then be able to put the mixing bowls, the beaters, the spoons the spatulas, et cetera, into that soapy warm bath as she's finishing the task of baking. And when she's all done, the dishes will have practically washed themselves. But there are times when she just grabs the pots and pans and the flour and the sugar and the butter and she begins. And then she realizes, ah, I should have taken that step because now the batter is hardened onto the bowl and I'm going to have to soak it a little and scrub it a little. So that's a really good example of just take a minute before you reach for that thing you're going to do and consider whether or not there might be something that would set you up easier. About three years ago, I stumbled on something like this in my business, and it had to do with every time we got a new client. When we got a new client, we would create a new set of folders in our shared drive, and the folders would contain the contracts, it would contain the schedules, the paint schedule, the furnishing schedule, the worksheets, etc. All the things that we teach at Business of Design are all in these folders. It occurred to me one day that we were recreating these folders for every single client, and it was like a light bulb went off. What if I set up a template of folders that we could just grab every time we got a new client? Yeah, I have to go back a step. I have to think about it, but I believe it saves me at least an hour per new client. And let's say you have 10 clients a year, you probably could think of something to do with 10 hours. Or if you have 30 clients a year, you probably would think of something to do with 30 hours. Imagine these tasks accumulated across your day-to-day business. If you can save an hour here and an hour there, we're talking about a month of free time if you're really paying attention. So think before you act is an important principle. And by the way, those of you who are coming to the conference, I'm going to share back-end procedures with you. It's one of the lessons will be providing at the conference how I set up the back end of every single project, the specific organizational path I use, and all the documents that go inside it. And we have learned to set it up exactly the same way for every single client. So anyone who comes into the office who needs to get their hands on some piece of documentation knows exactly where to find it. It really is a game changer, and I'm excited to be sharing that with everybody at the conference. So come on out if you haven't signed up yet. Of course, when you're talking about organizing your home, you have to talk about storage, right? And one of the principles, you want to store things at the point of first use. So for so many years, I had a kitchen where there was a junk drawer. And in that junk drawer were batteries and charging cables and a screwdriver, all kinds of loose objects, hence the name junk drawer. It finally occurred to me that if I would put the charging cords at a charging station, I would never have to go looking for them again. If I would put the batteries near the objects I used batteries for, I would never have to go looking for them again. If I put the screwdriver in a centralized location for tools, I would never have to go looking for it again. 
I can relate this to my business because I will never forget the time I showed up at a consultation and I didn't have all the elements I needed. I didn't have my paint chips. I didn't have a tape measure. I had pens, I had paper, but I didn't have everything I needed. And the reason I didn't have everything I needed is because every single time I went to a consultation and there was a period of time in my life where I went to several consultations a week. So every single time I had a consultation, I would gather up all the things I need for the consultation. Where are the paint chips? Where's the tape measure? Where's the graph paper? And invariably, when I would get to the client's house, I would have only some of those things. I might be missing one of those things. I might be missing three of those things. It depended every time. One day it occurred to me, why don't you get a consultation bag and put it in the trunk of your car? If you leave it in the trunk of your car 100% of the time and you never take anything out, you will have 100% of the time every single thing you need to use at the consultation. Now, some of you are listening thinking, what an idiot, Kimberly, who wouldn't have figured that out? But I hope I'm not alone and I hope there's somebody who's going, oh my gosh, I totally do that. So that consultation bag, as small a thing as that is, changed my life. And there are a million other examples of exactly that. For years, the office struggled with putting things in a calendar. I soon would update her calendar and then tell me, and I would have to add it to my calendar. Today, of course, it's so easy to use shared calendars, and we can see what each and every one is doing by clicking on that person's name. So that's made a big difference. I finally had to subscribe to putting my entire personal life in my main calendar as well because we were double booking. Someone didn't realize that I'd booked an appointment to go for a massage and so a consultation was booked. And I found myself in the morning surprised by the fact that I had a consultation and a massage booked for 10 a.m. Not a good place to be in. So now I do have to have a single calendar and I'm lucky because I have a staff that I can trust with all of my appointments. Of course, when I think of calendar, I think of to-do lists. My life used to be a series of post-it notes scattered everywhere, torn envelopes, the back of napkins, whatever it is, wherever I was and I had a thought, I would write it down and I would tuck it aside so I'd remember to do it later. Today, I am finally in the habit of noting all the items on my to-do list in a handy journal, which stays with me in my purse at all times. And I know I've shared before the idea I took from the New York Times, which had to do with today, I will feel awesome if. Today, I will feel awesome if, and I list the three things I must get accomplished during that day. Now, sometimes it's a really pressing business matter. I must complete Mrs. Smith's sourcing by Tuesday. So that has to be on the list. Sometimes though, I will feel awesome if I get to my Pilates class. And so that has to be on the list. When I prepare that list the night before, I'm in a much better place to make a decision about what should happen the next day. Often if I prepare that the day of, I want to put 10 things on the list. I have found by making that one simple commitment, today I will feel awesome if I end the day feeling like I accomplished something, where previously I had a list of 28 things and I would end every single day feeling like I didn't get anything done. I can tell you it's a lot more fun to work day to day when I feel like I'm productive and I'm getting things done. 
It took years, but we came to the conclusion in our office that managing a huge resource library was a great time waster. I know, some of you are thinking, what? Are you kidding me? But so often, we would look through the bins of tiles, and we'd say, oh, we used that at so-and-so's, and we did that at so-and-so's, and really, it was easier for somebody to go to a tile store and source fresh choices. Plus, to be honest, wow, things accumulate so fast. And so we had piles of wallpaper, most of which we're never going to use again, some of which were even so tired and bent. But nobody wanted to be the person to say, well, we're never going to use that again. So I had to get really strategic about what items I will keep in the resource library. One set of items that I do find we use a lot is a series of stained pieces of wood, walnut, oak, birch, maple, all in different finishes with the finishes noted on the back. I have found over the years that has been extremely helpful to have on hand. In terms of fabrics, I keep only some basics and some favorites. When it comes time for me to source fabric for a new project, I actually enjoy going to the Fabric Resource Center and taking time to look at the big panels of fabrics. I'll ask for memo samples and typically I'll go and lay them out on a big table or an island and I will stay at the fabric store until I decide on every single fabric and trim I need for the project. When we began to analyze and evaluate how many hours staff spent on billable time to clients versus time that was lost to organization and things like a resource library, it was pretty shocking. Certain staff members were spending four, five, six hours a week doing tasks which are not billable and, in fact, took time from them doing tasks which were billable and required. I can't say enough about how spending that strategic, analytical time on your business, looking for ways to streamline your systems and procedures, will pay you huge dividends every single day of your life. I know it's completely log rolling and self-promoting when I tell you that Business of Design will save you thousands of hours because you can just use our systems and strategies when you are a paid member of Business of Design and we want you to do that. And our promise to you is we will continue to work tirelessly for you, the hardworking interior design professional. We will never sell out and we will never get tired of improving the systems and strategies and techniques that we teach. You guys inspire us to be better every single day. And I want to say thank you so much to Monica Ashbrook, again, from Tucson, Arizona, for the great recommendation to pick up the book, Confessions of an Organized Homemaker by Denise Schofield. It's a really fun read and you so get me, Monica. I love that. Thanks again for being here, everyone. I look forward to next time. Have a great week. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results.
Start today.